In this episode, I sit down with Miguel Valero, who at the time of recording was on secondment for Deloitte in Tokyo, Japan. Over a few sippy lalas during our Inuman, we talk about the importance of family support. Sometimes tough conversations have to be had, and it's quite often the people who love and care for you the most who are most warranted in calling you out for your bullcrap. We touch on Japanese culture, food, and fashion, and what it meant for him to live in a salary man lifestyle. You should hear the passion in his voice when he talks about living in his dream city, because it's something that has inspired me not to lose sight of the dreams that I personally want to realize. And then if it's that, it's us both, eh? Yeah, like we should do like split screen, yeah?、Uh... Yeah, bro. Let me、um, open up a new one, eh? <laughs> you got how many you got? So, funny story, man. Yeah. And I'll,、uh, before I tell it to you, let's have a quick cheers, eh? Yeah. Cheers, bro. Cheers, Ulf. Beep. Cheers, Ulf. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to, to give it a bit of a context as to why we've got a bit of fizzy with us. Yeah. Fizzy bubbly. Because <laughs>、um, you mentioned you were coming back from.、Um, A little bit of a shindig, eh? Oh, just a small one. Just um, just a usual catch up with a couple of mates. Yeah, just um, we just went to this place called it's called Toriki、uh, Zoku, like a real famous、uh, chain here in Tokyo. Just sells like different like skewers and drinks for like 300 yen. Everything is 300 yen. So every drink and every、yeah. every meal is 300 yen. So it's kind of、yeah. like a go to kind of kind of spot. And、um, since it's my, like, my last week in Tokyo, they just wanted to、yeah. like, see me as much as possible. So we just went, went over there. Is this sort of like the go go's back home on、uh, Dominion yeah, yeah, Road? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much like go go's.、Yeah. All the skewers, like lamb skewers, were like 50 cents yeah, and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. And、uh, those, those big noodles and like, yeah, different like,、yeah. um, other salads and stuff like that. Yeah, pretty much the same、mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Go go's is pretty mean, eh?、Mm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go back for sure when,、uh, when I'm back、mm. in Auckland. With AJ and、yeah. mum and dad as well.、Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said I was going to tell you a story. What was that again? What was that? Oh,、um, oh how many have I had? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs>、um, it's more than a couple. So,、uh, more than a couple. <laughs> more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so.、Um, I'll tell you this story. But、um, yeah. yeah, so welcome to you, Miguel, my brother,、um, all the way from Japan, Tokyo,、yeah. Japan. What's up? What's up? Konnichiwa. Yeah. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Kia ora. Tanakoto. Nah, thanks for having so, me.、Um, thanks for having me. Nah, bro. My pleasure, bro.、Yeah. Nah, thank you for,、um, for yeah. giving the rest of your,、um, what is it now, early morning. That's all good. <laughs> still, still pretty early, eh? Yeah, so、um, I'm on my.、Uh, My nth、um, San Miguel at the moment. You're not going to say and, what,、um, what nth that is? Well, uh. Hi, Titoroni. Tita V. Look at your boy, eh? No, no, they're, they're, they're all good, man. They're、yeah. all good. So,、um, I knew you were going to be、um, yeah. about neck deep in the bevies for tonight. So,、um, nah. you know, I wanted to play catch up. So,、uh, <laughs> nah, I'm all good. I'm still pretty.、Uh, Pretty under control. Still pretty alright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think the missus will like that, you know, but I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. Hey, man, I won't tell her if you don't.、Uh, hopefully, she doesn't watch this, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh no. So you're you're currently in in Japan. Um, yeah, bro. What we've just said before, bro. Yeah. Um, just give us a quick rundown. What what yeah. are you doing over there, bro? What am I what's doing? A, yeah. What's a ki- what's a Kiwi boy like you doing <laughs> all the way in Japan? I'm just living the dream, bro. You know, uh, just I've been here for about 13 months um, through work, pretty much. So um, for those who don't know, I guess those listening to this podcast that don't really know me, um, I work at a company called Deloitte. And um, luckily through Deloitte, uh, I was able to sort of get what they call a secondment, sort of like a transfer uh, to another Deloitte office, and it happened to be in Tokyo. So I'm pretty much doing so. Sort you were originally at um, Deloitte Auckland before um, coming out. Correct. Yeah, so I was in Deloitte Auckland pretty much from uh, February 2016 up until uh, like September 2019, and then um, I've been in Tokyo since October 2019 up until. Up until a couple of weeks ago, which was my last day in the office, and then um, I've been un- unemployed for the past um, <laughs> two weeks, technically just chilling and being a being a hobo, pretty much staying in hotels, traveling around yeah. Japan and stuff. But um, that's been great. So, yeah, so it's sort of like the the last hurrah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like um, I guess because of Corona, my original plan was to after my secondment, uh, go to the Philippines, you know, visit the missus, visit you, spend some time over visit there. The medics. Yeah. yeah, bro. Toss back a couple of red horsies. Got a poblacion, Poblation. Good old poblation, bro. Hit up no cow, even though it's closed. But um, oh, yeah. bro, I'm so sad about that, man. I know, right? It was pretty awesome it's when sad. we were. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> what was so you would have been in Japan during the World Cup? What was that like, bro? Was that pretty litty as well? Yeah, I would have been there around. Um, I think it would have been when I arrived. It would have been around like quarterfinals time. So I think the ABs. Would have yeah, been, okay. Um, I think they played Ireland in the quarters. Yeah, that's and then right. um, I think yeah, of the it was pretty lit. Like I was pretty surprised at how like I guess passionate all the mm-hmm. Japanese became about rugby, and uh, even in the office, everyone was like, "Hey." You're from New Zealand, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, can you do a haka? I was like, yeah. <laughs> if the ABs win, I would definitely do a haka in front of the office. But um, <laughs> I was gonna do it, but uh, obviously we didn't, we didn't win. But um, now it was mean, bro. Like, any, I saw um, Jack, any, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> I saw um, Jack Goodhue like uh, randomly in the wild. Yeah, he's yeah. in the wild. He was with his missus yeah. as well. I just randomly saw him. Uh, I saw uh, Nick White, the uh, Wallabies halfback. Wallabies halfy. Yeah, yeah. I think he was uh, behind War Guinea at the time, though. But yeah, he was. He, oh, I saw yeah. him around as well with his misses. Yeah. I saw um, Sir John Kerwin at um, oh, good old JK at a random um, electronic shop. I think um, he was looking for like a selfie stick or something. Like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was mean, like um, just the atmosphere, the vibe. Everyone's talking about rugby. Um, like close to my office, um, there was a statue of uh, Michael Leach as well. Oh yeah, um, a statue of him. Yeah, like a bronze statue. Like um, literally, Bruh. I think what they made the quarters and then they lost to the box. I think. Yeah, bro. That's but that was right. still a pretty that's big right. deal. I guess I think it was like the first time they made the, I guess the playoffs of the World Cup. Everyone, I think everyone so, was buzzing yeah. and stuff. And then um, yeah, I just walked. While well, I was walking home, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a that's Michael Leach, kind of statue. So that was pretty cool. So they really embraced, I guess the, the whole sort of culture of rugby and the vibe. And yeah, that was pretty mean. Japan's. Bro. Japan's on the mad come up in terms of like rugby because it used to be dominated by yeah. um, well, a lot of European nations, For Australia, sure, yeah. New Zealand, South Africa, Argentina. Yeah, it's good to have an Asian uh, representative in the uh, 
Good old ruggers. I know, right? You know, the volcanoes aren't doing too good, eh? So, <laughs> bro, nah, man. But yeah. um, rugby's a growing sport over here, bro. It's, it's it's gaining some momentum and some popularity, which is good yeah. to see. That's good. It's, um, yeah, yeah. I'm following them on on Facebook and and, yeah. and all the socials, bro. So yeah, um, nah, it's good to see rugby uh, yeah. on the come up. I reckon it's just it's, not as popular over here, man. Yeah, I reckon there's a lot of potential, to be honest. Though. Like, uh, I reckon. You could, oh, 100%. You could easily, easily start as the fly half, bro. Right? Like, uh, <laughs> Najee, I'm too small, bro. I'm too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, don't have the. Um, the uh, say, oh, I don't have the same speed as uh, old Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's playing, what, 15? He's playing moment? 15 now. They're doing that double uh, double fly half, double playmaker. Double playmaker, yeah. yeah with, uh, oh, bro, how, how good was Richie last week? He was a man of the match. Like, Did you watch the game? Did you watch I watched it? the highlights. I watched the highlights. Yeah. I was going to go to yeah. this place. There's this place called um, Rangitoto, Tokyo. It's like oh, a, no uh, way. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's like yeah. a, um, I think a Kiwi dude owns it. It's like a cafe oh, yeah. kind of bar and um, close to yeah. around where I stay, where I used to stay. And uh, yeah. they're always playing like super rugby matches and um, serving flat whites. And yeah. obviously playing like the Bledisloe stuff as well, which is pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't check it out, but um, yeah. It's pretty nice to have that sort of like, I guess, place you could go to if you wanted to watch rugby or just kind of feel like mm-hmm. you're back home type of thing. But I mm-hmm. saw the highlights of the game. It was pretty, yeah, good, nah, it was pretty uh, thrashing, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good old hiding, bro. Now it was uh, good to see the old ABs back to, um, yeah, back to what do you call it? Back to normal, I guess. Back to normal, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> now I remember one of the stories of um, my manager back in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, She's married to a big Polynesian fella and they were in Japan for a, when was it? Um, yeah. I forgot when it was. I think it was during one of the All Blacks games over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Prior to the World Cup. Have they ever played in Japan? It was something to do with... I think they played a couple of times against like the Wallabies. Like those year, year in, before they go like Northern Hemisphere, they sometimes they come yeah. to like Hong Kong and Japan and Asian stuff. Asian tour, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, he's a big Polynesian fella, tattoos and, yeah. and all... <laughs> Um, and he's yeah. wearing an All Blacks jersey in one of the stores, and she was telling me how like all the locals were. They thought that he was one of the All Blacks, so they were like, "Oh my god, can we take a photo with you?" Like, <laughs> oh, that's crack up. <laughs> it was the, funny the, as well. Yeah, like um, every time I went to a store when I first came, I was always trying to get like that um, that tax kind of discount using my passport. Oh yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. But I can't do it now because I've been living here for too long. But. Originally, yeah. when I first arrived, like the first month, I was like using my passport and stuff. And then the first thing they used to say is like, "Oh, you play rugby?" Yeah, <laughs> every Do you? time. You don't play rugby yet. Nah, I play like socially, but nothing like serious or anything. But it was yeah. kind of nice to like know that they view New Zealand as that sort of rugby nation. It kind of makes it's me feel kind of proud and stuff like that, you know. So does it not make cool. you miss home, bro? Because I miss home a lot. Oh, nah, I miss home so much. Like every single day. I mean, I think. Like, what I enjoy about the two of us is, like, we're both born and bred in Auckland, Filipino mm-hmm. parents. We grew up in yeah. pretty, I, I would say, I don't know, Pinoy community, I'd say, like, going to church and yeah, Sinulog, yeah. and I think you're in, like, YFC and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but then, like... Rapping! <laughs> <laughs> even in school and stuff, there's a lot of Pinoys, I guess it's sacred, and it's St. Peter's as well. Mm. But then at the same time, like, we both just... I guess like what this time last year, even like thirteen months ago, just just moved to Asia, kind of thing. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do miss home. I do miss home. Like, I miss I miss my family the most, to be honest. I miss Auckland. I miss I miss speaking English, like to 
random people and people understanding me and stuff. But overall... Just when you're ordering a coffee or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I kind of mm. take that for granted now. Just being able to say, hey, can I get a flat white? Whereas now I have to try and do my really crappy fobby Japanese. So and, what is it in, well, they, in Japanese? Could I have a flat white, please? <laughs> uh, you just say, they, don't, they don't have flat white here. Just say uh, iced coffee, onigashimasu. Like that kind of stuff. Onigashimasu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit different the coffee in Asia, eh? Yeah. Like they, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not like espresso based like it is back home. Uh, it's a bit different and it's more, I would say it's like a couple of dollars more expensive as well. Yeah. Like I'd say a decent like iced coffee would be like what, six or seven bucks oh, in, in Tokyo. Oh, what? Yeah, whereas <laughs> like in, in Auckland, it would be like, what, four or five bucks maybe for a decent coffee. Something Philippines like that, would be yeah. like, what, one cent or some stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How much is a coffee here? You'd be looking at around 100 pesos, 110, yeah. depending on uh, what, what you're after. Yeah. Some of the more high-end ones are like, 180 200 it's still pretty decent to be honest mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i reckon coffee culture is pretty strong in japan as well it's all like yeah independent chains they get like yeah ethiopian blend and like guatemala blend and stuff like that so it's pretty yeah. it's pretty decent but i'd say definitely more overpriced than uh yeah than back home i, I guess, remember yeah. what was that bro oh yeah, i was just yeah go ahead i i finished my uh my sentence <laughs> I remember on one of your vlogs, bro, you um, yeah. you were sipping on this uh, good old iced, what was it, latte or iced Americano or something? Yeah. Oh, Gave yeah, me yeah. some ASMR vibes, man. Like the whole like, you know, I don't know, when you were like <laughs> playing with the ice and it was jingling in the cup and all that. Oh, real? Like, oh, bro. Oh, no, that's, I that's what it. I was going for, for that straight up uh, ASMR kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, bro, I could do with a <laughs> coffee right now. That would be too, to be oh, honest. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I, had, I think I had a couple today, actually. Um, couple of coffees today couple of black uh straight up black coffee yeah i needed yeah. it i'm so super tired to do, you, do you brew your own coffee over there as um, well i haven't tried to just, be honest yeah i just yeah. go to different different stores and just try it out or i just go to like because there's so many vending machines here so like you can just yeah. chuck in 100 yen which is like a dollar 50 you get a decent coffee in a can yeah kinda like that so i usually go because um, i i do know that um there's quite a quite a strong um following in japan when it comes to yeah like dripped coffee like oh, soft yeah. brew coffee for sure yeah the v60s sure. the chemixes right, right, cold right. brews and all that sort of stuff man yeah there's this dude i go to he does the real mean cold brew as well yep. but it takes a while to kind of like the drip style that takes ages to like yeah set up and prepare. Bro. but when you get it, it's like oh yeah it was worth the wait it was worth the wait but um, plus they charge a premium like a... on that on top of yeah it's probably like 500, 600 yen, which is like mm-hmm. seven, eight, eight bucks New Zealand. So it's pretty pricey to be honest, um, but definitely hits the spot when you, oh, when you, when bro. you need it. Yeah. When you need it. Bro. Yeah. Coffee bros, black gold, man. You need it. Yeah. You need it. How's it over there? Is it pretty, pretty good? Yeah, man. So there are, um, yeah. did we ever take you to Because Coffee and BGC? Because did you ever coffee. go there? Nah, I haven't been. No, 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 no. I so think I've been to like um, Toby's, Toby's Estate. And, oh yeah, uh, Toby's Estate. Yeah, yeah, that, those yeah. kind of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> nah, um, yeah. the reason why I bring them up, bro, is um, because I'm usually a, a black coffee drinker myself. Yeah. yeah. Similar to similar to you, bro. Yeah. But um, I I tried their um sea salt latte. Sea one salt time. latte. Sea salt latte. Yeah. On on paper, bro, you first look at that and you're like, what the hell. <laughs> 
it's like sushi or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> but don't bag on it until you try it, you know what i yeah, mean so sure. um nah it's it's definitely good bro um yeah. one good thing yeah oh, is it good but one thing that has um one thing that's come about as a result of all the lockdowns over here bro because we're still like on a relatively um not strict but we're still on lockdown over here yeah and a lot of these little um like independent online selling businesses have come up so lots of people selling coffee lots of people selling milk tea um and all that sort of stuff bro um which is it's nice to see man you know people out here hustling bro hustle yeah yeah for sure for sure is there anything like that over there like people just selling random shit uh not really to be honest i would say like I don't want to brag or anything, but it's been pretty like pretty normal. Like, um, yeah, like, I think maybe there was one month of like real strict lockdown where like some restaurants and a lot of the vintage shops like I went to were pretty much closed down. Yeah, um, that was like in April where they declared like a state of emergency. Um, yeah. yeah, but other than that, like trains are operating at the same time. Um, restaurants are operating pretty much normal hours. Um, coffee places are normal as well. So. I wouldn't say they're not taking it too seriously, but they're kind of like living with it. We just wear a mask and sanitize and stuff. So it's kind of like a normal type of lifestyle other than mm-hmm. having to work from home. Um, everything else has been kind of kind of normal. So there hasn't been too much of like people kind of like side hustling and stuff because yeah, I guess things like businesses and stuff have been pretty, pretty much open and set up shop other than like maybe for a month. Um, yeah. So it's been pretty, pretty normal. From like that I guess one, I guess one would sort of expect that to yeah. come from Japan because like Japan's yeah. famous for like all the discipline and yeah. Yeah. the efficiency and all that sort of stuff. Cause for sure, yeah, I think like don't, don't they the, like yeah, but whatever the government says, like people pretty much like follow it to a T, like to mm-hmm. the core kind of thing. So they're pretty obedient. I mean, there's some guys obviously break the rules, and I guess yeah. there's like there's there's been cases of people going to like hostess clubs and that's kind of where like all the clusters kind of happen as well let's all, go <laughs> <laughs> but other than that like it's, it's been pretty like i said people are pretty cautious about like social distancing and and like yeah. wearing masks all the time and, and bringing their own hand sanitizer even restaurant every sort of place you go to there's hand sanitizer and all that some even at work when you go to the office um they offer free masks for you to take yeah. if you need it so yeah, like, yeah. like you said, I think people have been pretty like obedient and I'm um, just following the rules. Kind of like I guess what Kiwis do mm-hmm. as well. Um, but no, it's been it's been pretty like for me. Other than that sort of one month in April, it's been pretty like normal and like um, yeah, hasn't affected things too much, which has been good. Like obviously, you go overseas and you want to experience everything you can, and you don't want things like a lockdown to kind of affect us. I've been pretty lucky and blessed that it hasn't been too too bad um oh, for sure yeah, man yeah yeah it's been tough over here bro mm-hmm. it's been hard, so. oh, i can imagine yeah i can imagine but then again like i've sort of just taken this time as an opportunity to just you know sit back and sort of chill for a bit yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. like i know for sure once things sort of start coming down again and yeah. once things um once this vaccine hopefully comes out and you know the world does get back to the yeah does enter new normal um and back to the whole like eight hours a day grind kind of right. thing you know first thing i'm probably going to be thinking is damn i wish it was locked down again so i wouldn't <laughs> have to be coming to work <laughs> oh honestly yeah it's just like you get you get used to it pretty much like 
Mm. Like you have your own routine. So like was, everyone had their routine and stuff before Corona. Now there's a new routine pretty much. Yeah. 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 So was it always sort of your intention to write it out or did you have any plans on, on going going home like during, in April or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I thought about it. I remember like, um, I remember I saw you in February. I was, I was over there. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was so cool. Like um, you and then seeing Dale, obviously. It was yeah, bro. And then seeing Shout the missus as well. Shout out to Cleaner Sneaker as well. Um, Shout out to Renzi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much, <laughs> Look at his right smile. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, pretty much. But well, you like, don't want her to watch this, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she can watch. She can watch. She'll be fine. But yeah, pretty much when I came back from that trip to uh, Manila, I was back in the office for one week, and then um, after that week, they announced that we'd start working from home because of Corona. And then it origi- pretty originally, quickly, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty quickly. Um, I think it's because one of the buildings close to our office, um, I think someone got infected, so like they're taking all the precautions and being pretty safe. But originally, that was at the end of February, and they're like, oh, we'll have two weeks of work from home, and you'll be back in the office in the middle of, like, March or something, or March 15 or whatever. Next then, minute. Um, yeah, exactly, next minute. Middle of March comes, we get an email, oh, work from home will be extended until April, end of April. And then um, it just kept getting extended, extended, extended to the point where up until now, they pretty much only allow, like, 30% of people to go into the office uh, per, per, per day now, so... It's mm-hmm. kind of become like the new norm that you just work from home, pretty much. Yeah, but it's it's also sort of proven how much productivity can still get can still oh, occur. Yeah, at thirty percent sure. capacity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like even with the work from home thing, as long as you have like a stable Wi-Fi connection and stuff, and yeah, you're communicating well with your managers and stuff. I think it's it's worked out pretty okay. But I think sometimes what is it that you do, bro? Just real quickly. What do I do? I yeah, do, I do a lot. I do a lot. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I explain it? So I, I told you guys I work at a place called Deloitte, um, but in particular I work in um, how do you say it? I work in like it's this thing called M and A, so mergers and acquisitions. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is pretty much when like companies buy other companies or companies want to sell. So I guess as an example, let's uh, do some New Zealand. New Zealand companies, let's say um, the owners of like TradeMe, for example, they want to um, sell the ownership in TradeMe. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say the warehouse, for example, and I, I don't want to be like controversial or anything, but just, just as a like, hypothetical example, uh, let's say the warehouse. Don't say the W word, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like the warehouse, like Vodafone or some, some random like, big company in NZ. They're like, oh yeah, so TradeMe is up for sale. We wanna, we wanna buy. We we could be interested in investing in TradeMe or buying, taking over TradeMe, pretty much. So, what the warehouse or whatever would do, it'd say they would approach maybe a company like Deloitte, the company I work for, like another sort of consulting company, and they'd say like, hey, could you guys? Um, we're interested in taking over TradeMe or buying TradeMe. Could you guys provide some um, financial due diligence? And uh, that's pretty much what I do. So uh, I guess the best way of describing that would be like when you're buying a car, um, usually what you do is you um, you get a mechanic to like check it, right? Before you sort yeah. of um, buy it. And the mechanic has his own sort of um, checklist of things that he checks off. I mean, maybe the, the engine or the steering wheel or the whatever. And uh, I guess it's the mechanic's job not to tell you whether to buy or not to buy the car, but to kind of provide like a, 
I guess, objective view of that car at that point in time so that the buyer can make a, I guess, an informed decision about whether or not he or she should buy the car based on, I guess, the mechanics checklist and I guess all his sort of key findings and any sort of red flags. And I guess that's what we kind of do with companies. So we have like our own sort of checklist of things like what are the key drivers of uh, revenue costs? What are the sort of the key trends? Um, looking at like assets and liabilities and we pretty much like analyze all those financials, um, do all this stuff on Excel and then provide a report and that's pretty much like an objective view of the company at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And what the warehouse would do with that would be like, oh, yep, so this is what Deloitte says. Um, make a sort of decision about whether or not Trade Me has a lot of risks or a lot of sort of good green, green light to invest type of stuff. And I guess that goes hand in hand with things like um, they look at sort of tax considerations. So they get like tax due diligence. Uh, they get legal advice as well, so it's like legal due diligence. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what we do in terms of like financial um, due diligence. So it's kind of like a, a package of sort of due diligence kind of, I guess, kind of safety kind of checks before you want to buy a company or sell a company. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I do in a nutshell, if that makes sense. Pretty much the mechanics report to a car is what we do for a company. And, uh, just that allow- is a lot, bro. Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. It, it, it pays the bills, I guess. But um, oh, fire out! Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that's all. That's all right. That's all right. Um, but no, I've been doing that for pretty much nearly five years, like since 2016. So it's any plans on opening up your own sort of consultancy or anything like that, bro? That's a good question. Is that on the cards I mean, at all? Um, I'd say if I were to do that, I'd probably stick with a a company. Maybe stay with Deloitte. Okay. Or, but I think if I were to set up my own business, it might actually be like fashion related bro like um, all right all right all right designing my own clothes or like um okay curating my own sort of brands or like Mm -hmm. yeah doing a lot of vintage shopping and selling that type of stuff as well or like that's kind of my i would say my ultimate sort of dream job would be like having my own sort of concept store with yeah designs and sort of my own brands and vintage stuff Mm -hmm. And then the the big kicker would be having like a ramen or sushi shop in the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or even like a lechon store or something. To, um, bro. You know, while you shop, bro. you can just have some decent food as well. So, Has that been done yet? I don't know. I've never seen I've seen like shops and then inside malls and there's obviously like food in malls and stuff. But like within yeah. the actual shop itself, I haven't seen it done. So that'd be like, that's something that I've always thought about doing. Um, yeah. As well, so like places like Culture Kings, they've got like the barber shop and the yeah. cafe on the side, yeah. barkers and the groom yeah. room, and, and yeah, all that sure. sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, imagine um, that for going shopping and you got a bottle of ramen. Would you? Nah, it's always I don't know where I got <laughs> the idea from. Like, just don't get it on the clothes, man. <laughs> got to do it before you shop, eh? Now, um, yeah, know, like I, I just I think just living in Japan, just having all these experiences, like going vintage shopping and just discovering all these new areas. Yeah. But at the same time, discovering all these like ramen shops, like independent yeah. chains and like, it's kind of like for me, I love shopping, but then I love taking a break and having like good food as well. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like made me realize, oh, it could be like a nice experience if I set up a place that has a good shopping experience, but it has some pretty decent like ramen or sushi or yeah, bro. whatever. Yeah, it was so it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a thing I've been thinking about um, in terms of like my next sort of, I don't know career or like venture venture yeah. or like sort of goal um mm-hmm. but yeah we'll, we'll see i think um 
I would say I've been pretty blessed to have lived my first goal, which is to actually come to Japan and, and live in Tokyo, yeah. work in Tokyo. Like, I don't know, as I'm sure you know, like with, with your own sort of aspirations and stuff, and, and I think you talked about it in like your first couple of episodes, like you have to be really passionate about something, you know, to really just grasp it and do whatever mm. you want, do, do whatever it takes to like get that thing. Make it happen. Exactly, yeah, make bro. it happen and like work your ass off, sacrifice your time, sacrifice social life, um, sacrifice sleep, um, do things that you usually wouldn't do. Um, but if you're really passionate about that thing, yeah, you just do it. And regardless of what the consequences are, you just have that sort of that vision in mind that, you, hey, I want to go to, you know, be a pilot. I want to go to Manila, be a pilot. I want to go to Japan and live a salary man lifestyle kind of thing. So, Define salary man, bro. I see that all over your stories, bro. What, what does that mean? <laughs> um, I think in technical terms, bro, it's like in Japan, what they define salary man is like um, a dude that starts his career at one company and pretty much stays there for the rest of his career. So he stays pretty, he oh, stays pretty much. Yeah. He stays That's pretty much. That's a salary much, man. Pretty much, like you stay loyal to that one company, and you, you know, you go drinking with your bosses, and you just you don't go anywhere. You pretty much stay with that company, like Toyota or whatever, like Sony, yeah. all these big ass Japanese firms. Um, that's my sort of view of what a salaryman is. And you see them on the train, like really like bent over and just yeah. so tired and stuff. <laughs> I see that every day. Um, so I guess that's kind of what a salaryman. I'm sure there's another definition. Um, as well but in, in my view that's kind of what a salaryman is sticking with that same company you know getting ramen after work yeah uh, staying late because your boss is late as well kind of stuff like really yeah. like that sort of loyalty um, yeah for me that's so what that's a salaryman it. is that's what your perception is as a, as a um gaijin a gaijin exactly yeah yeah i love that word bro it's, it makes <laughs> me proud of you gaijin yeah yeah <laughs> bro let's go bro so um You've yeah. always been a you've always been a very stylish dude, bro. Has like how's the fashion scene in Japan sort of um how's that refined your uh your aesthetic? Cause Yeah. Bro, like I'd love to wear the shit you wear over here, man. That's just too hot, bro. <laughs> uh I mean, first of all, I'd say you're pretty you're pretty stylish dude yourself, bro. I I, I gotta oh, thanks, say that, man. first of all. <laughs> <laughs> i think we have some pretty stylish friends to be honest and uh sort of uh we do don't yeah, we yeah. people we sort of grew up with and stuff and people we know yeah um but to answer your question i would say it's probably influenced my fashion so much like when i first came here on holiday after university i think it was 2015 with a mate um i went to korea for a week and i went to tokyo for a week and um Bruh. i thought like being from Auckland, I was like, oh, I dress pretty well. I got the I got the cheap Monday jeans. I got the the Doc Martens, Clark's Desert Boots, whatever. I got the AS Color T or I Love Ugly, Huffer yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the 2014 kind of steez. And then... Um, New Zealand starter pack. Bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Auckland Uni uh, BCOM starter pack, whatever. But, um, there we go. The one e. <laughs> when I went to like Seoul and Tokyo, I was like, crap, like these guys just dress so well. And um, I guess... I don't know, like, I like lang, and then they're like dressed up so fly. Nah, it's, it's like they just they just have the confidence to pull it off, and they, it's like a culture where they just you just you can just be yourself, and no one's really gonna judge you. Whereas I remember like um, I think it was at the Halbergs, and um, Adesanya had his speech, 
And he's talking about like the tall poppy syndrome in, in Z. And I mm. think like a lot of times that people unfortunately can, I don't know, if you're wearing something pretty flamboyant or out of the out of out of the ordinary, I guess people might judge you in a certain way. Whereas and I guess in, in Seoul and in, in Japan and Tokyo, I guess the fashion culture is just you just wear what you want to wear and, and no one's gonna sort of have that perception or judge you and I don't know, man. Honestly, it's influenced so much for the past five years. I, I would say mm-hmm. the way I dress right now is a direct influence of, of, of really my experiences in Seoul, but more so in Tokyo. And I would say, obviously, I've holidayed here for like the past five years with AJ and my parents and stuff. But actually living here for 12 months, I would say it's had the biggest effect on my fashion just in terms of the type of stays and aesthetic and I guess the garments that I'm wearing as well. Um, being able to like go to different vintage shops I'd never been to before and, and just find some of the rarest finds that you could find. Um, being able to sort of pull off things that you, you didn't think you'd pull off, but you have the confidence to pull it off and you don't have any sort of reservations about how you look. You just look in the mirror like, oh, yep, that fits me pretty well type of thing. And I, I guess the Japanese, the way they dress is just a lot of it's like, workwear um like vintage americana uh, a lot of streetwear inspired by like the 90s sort of hip-hop scene as well and i guess that's kind of become the amalgamation of my kind of influence of style over the past year and um no it's it's insane like i i've obviously i'm here for work i'm mm-hmm. here for food as well but i definitely say the There's fashion always a bit of play on the side yeah eh? yeah exactly like i've never I think I really, I wouldn't say like I dress better than anyone else, but I definitely would say that the way I dress is definitely, for me, I feel like I've kind of improved or learned about fashion more because just by living in Japan, just by looking at people on the train, uh, looking at people on the streets, um, luckily I lost a bit of weight as well over the past 12 months. <laughs> so I'm like... Considering I'm like, the amount of food that you eat as well, bro. I don't know how it happened, but um, it, it, like, it kind of allows you to like experiment with different styles and... Yeah, like, tucking in your shirt is is something I can do now. Finally, I couldn't yeah. do that before. <laughs> um, like fitting different pants, and mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's just it's really inspiring just to be here. I, it sounds weird, like for people. To, I know people travel for, like for good scenery and good food, and and obviously like different sort of um, structures and temples and stuff like that, or churches. But a lot of the times when I when I go around Tokyo, I go around Japan. A lot of it's because of just trying to look for good fashion. fashion. Yeah, vintage yeah, shops bro. or just shops in general. So, I guess to answer your question properly, yes, yeah, it's, it's influenced me so much uh, to the point where I would just stay just for just for fashion, even not for work, yeah, not yeah. for food. I just just to learn about more of the steez. Like, uh, there's so mm-hmm. many like magazines here as well that you can kind of just yeah. inspire you and stuff. So, um, one thing that I find so gangster, bro, about your style, yeah, is that. Um, <laughs> I've noticed there's a there's a bit of a contrast, right? Let me let me tell you why. I think that right. um I think your style's very avant garde. Because I don't know, I'm not exposed to the whole Japanese okay. scene. It's avant garde, right. but the pieces that you're wearing are all vintage. So like there's all th- there's this newness that's um right. that has sprouted from like uh, I don't know, foundations of old yeah. of v- vintage pieces. Yeah. Bro, I reckon that's so gangster, bro. Oh, For those thanks. of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you, you need to check this dude's Instagram out. Look at his fits, and <laughs> nah. you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know, just like these old school pieces with like, I don't know, 
2020s flair. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's just the Japanese influence. Like you see yeah. these guys on the streets, they were like all these oversized, like champion mm-hmm. reverse wave sweats. But then they're like, oh yep, I wear some real nice jeans or real nice chinos, loose fit, crop, wide pleated. They've got these mean, mean as leather shoes. Like you wouldn't see that kind of stuff anywhere else, and they just they're just able to sort of come up with these different combinations that it just seems so effortless as well. Effortless, eh? exactly. That's like that's the word. It's just effortless. Just they just pull it off like it's just some like uniform that they just have. And mm. like every time I go out, I'm like, oh crap, man, I'd love to dress like that dude. Um, it's just so inspiring, and and I guess that's really sort of influenced how I've dressed over the past twelve months. I guess even before that, I've always been into fashion, but mm. just living here and just being in that environment. And just being able to like, on the weekends, if I want to go to a vintage shop or go to a random shop, I can just go. And then like, the people that work there just, just dress so well. Um, the stock that they have, just even like the way that they style the mannequins and stuff in some of the shops, like, oh, shit. Like sometimes just I just take photos of that and just, just gives me inspiration to mm-hmm. try different fits out, different colorways, um, different pant lengths, um, keeping your buttons off, keeping your buttons up kind of stuff. Or, yeah. Uh, it's so 100% say the 100% the environment that you've been exposed to has sort of been For sure. conducive to experimenting and, and all that sort of stuff. 100%. Even like just because of where I worked, it was quite a like um, the central, the CBD pretty much and everyone was wearing a suit and like real well-tailored kind of stuff. And You know me, man. It, I love my yeah, tailoring. Exa- yeah, I was going to say like, exactly <laughs> like your, your, your sort of style. Uh, especially that that Ted Baker steez, you know. But um, Oh, yo. <laughs> shout out to good, good old Teddy Bakes. But yeah, like even that kind of stuff, like seeing how those sort of more professional people were dressed as well and sort of that more um, classy and, and formal type of vibe, that's kind of influenced me too in, in, in a combination with that sort of vintage workwear, vintage sort of street style that I guess I was kind of doing 2015 to 2019. Uh, I've been able to sort of combine that and, and use that sort of flair from my past sort of style and then combine that with I guess the representation of me working in Tokyo and being a being a salary man as well. <laughs> so there's so many like it's just tough to explain. Yeah, you, you got kind of have to be in that situation and be in that environment um, just to just to realize it. And I, I think that's something I'll definitely miss when I go back home is just just being inspired from a fashion standpoint. Um, just having these guys just just dress so well. It's like you said mm. before, just so effortless and. This provides you with a lot of inspiration and confidence that you can do the, the same thing as well. And hopefully I've done okay, but um, in my own way too. But nah, I, I love, that's probably my favorite thing about, about Tokyo is just the fashion. Um, Were yeah. you able to explore like the, the thrifting scene over here, bro? Did you have a chance to do that? In in Philippines? Yeah. Um, A little bit. I think when I was over there in February... Um, I went to, uh, I think, one shop in Makati, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a new one called It's Vintage or some, something like that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think um, I went to Tagaytay once and looked at some ukai ukai. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see all that, um, all that, all that good stuff. It's, pretty, it's actually pretty decent, kind of like, I would say, like the Save Mart or the, the Salvation Army of, um, yep. of NZ. Yep. Um, yep. Like, it's, not, it's not brand heavy. Uh, no. it's, not, it's not about the brands. It's just about just used clothing from from the past. Um, a plethora of jeans, um, heaps of like 
I guess because Ralph Lauren was sometimes made in made in the Philippines, there's heaps of like Ralph Lauren button ups and stuff like that. I don't um, know that. Yeah, no, there's quite a few actually. Yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. a factory over here? I think there is. I think it's like you know, there's, there's like Vietnam and like I don't know. What uh, era was that? I don't know. It could have been pretty pretty old, pretty recent. But I'm I, whenever you go to Uko Ukai, there's always like mean horsepower kind of um, Ralph Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Lauren um, button ups uh, every time mm-hmm. you go. Um, but yeah, Uko Ukai is mean like pretty decent deals. You can just get steals and stuff like that. But in terms of like formal um, vintage shopping, like you have in japan or even like in the states or i guess even back home i i didn't really see too much of it i'd love to explore it if there is kind of that there's i'm sure there is a scene over there um but i haven't haven't been able to explore it yeah neither have i but obviously yeah. with this bloody um right, right, right. situation going on but um, yeah. i don't know but it's for me it's it's kind of hard for me to dress for a tropical climate, bro. All you, yeah. all you want to be is like running around shirtless with Janellas on, you know what I mean? Like just lounge on the beach and, and all that sure. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, nah, I don't know. Like, because I never had much linen back home. Or I reckon it was a bit too cold for linen, but um, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty, want to experiment with like linen and, and, and stuff like that. Barong Tagalog, G. Barong Tagalog, yeah. It's easy. Yeah. One thing that I wish I did, bro, was um, yeah. I wish I wore a barong to my graduation, bro. That'd yeah, be oh, mad. honestly, yeah, That'd that would have be been sick. Mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I regret that. I don't as know, well. like back then, bro. I like I always liked the barong. I just didn't have the same appreciation as I do now. Right. And um, it's funny how things just sort of how your tastes evolve over time. Hundred percent. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I used to hate wearing ties as well, bro. Yeah. But I don't know, like, back home, I've got, like, this mad collection of ties. Yeah. Different textures, different patterns, different fabrics, different, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. widths. Yeah. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> I reckon, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. It's just too hot for that over here. I'm sure you Maybe I'm just off, being you know? weak, bro. Maybe I'm just being weak. But Let's um, go, to the, go uh, to the mall or something. There's heaps of aircon there, right? Heaps of aircon. <laughs> yeah, bro. Malls here are pretty empty, man. Like, At the they're, moment? They're open. Yeah. Um, empty is the wrong word. Um, you know what the malls are like in in the Philippines, bro. Like they're they're freaking crazy, man. It's like a freaking amusement crazy. park, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like it's supposed to, like this time of year. Um, oh, November, yeah. you can see my Christmas tree up already, bro. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had some help. Uh, <laughs> with that, but um, yeah. What's it called? Um. Yeah, this, this whole festive season, bro, it's quite sad that, like, I don't know, like, f- festive season in the Philippines always lit. I've heard, Always yeah. lit, man. Like, celebrate, like, three months before even Christmas starts or something. <laughs> something bro, like for that. us, bro, like, yeah. Advent starts on the 1st of September, man. <laughs> <laughs> Super early. But it's just sad seeing, like, yeah, I don't know, seeing this place relatively empty compared to what we, what we're, um, what we know it could be. But um, yeah, Manila's Manila traffic, bro. Like, oh, uh. Manila. What's traffic? traffic in Tokyo like, bro? Is is there is there uh, is there traffic? I mean, people using the trains and the subways and all that sort of stuff, or, or I'd what? Say, Am I I'd just... say more more or less people uh, commute because of how yeah, right. how convenient um, the trains are. There was a situation where um, <laughs> the train arrived one minute early, 
And uh, yeah. apparently the conductor apologized because it came early. <laughs> oh, bro. That, that's, the to- that's the type of um, the standard that they have in terms of it being on time. Like if you Google, um, I want to go to this station, to this station, and Google shows you the times, it will be exactly to the, to the T when you go to the station. It will be exactly that time. So it's really convenient. <sighs> so all, even all, the, all my bosses and stuff, even though I guess they could afford to drive or like get some parking or something, they still just take the train because it's just more, more convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of traffic, um, not really. I, I don't really know, notice too much traffic, I guess. Um, maybe if you go outside of Tokyo and yeah. I guess go for like a day trip or drive around for a road trip and then you come back into yeah. the big city, there could be um, some traffic, but definitely not to the extent that you see in uh, Pinas. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. You can just spend like what seven hours in traffic, just going for like a couple kilometers or something like that. Oh, sometimes yeah, yeah. Um, because did you go up to Quezon City? I haven't been up there yet because um, that's north of north. That's up north in Manila, not up north. It's in the northern area. Right, right. It's Um, not too. It's not too far, bro. But like the the traffic, man. I've heard people. Cause um, the gym where I work at, it's based in BGC Tagig. Yeah, yeah, we've got some clients living in QC, and um, yeah. oh, it takes some hours, man. I'm like, holy crap! You're you, you're spending hours out of your day just to get here. Just to get there, yeah. I'm like, yeah. bruh. <laughs> I've been to QC before, and it's it's a mere just to get from like oh, I don't know, fully. let's say uh, Makati to QC. You gotta plan in advance in terms of like your your your, your schedules and your dates because you know it's gonna take a couple of hours at at, at what the minimum. Distance is that? It's around like twenty k's. Probably yeah. Which k's? should honestly oh, just take about like what 20, 30 minutes in, in in like typical terms, but <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy, but um, quadruple that and yeah, you know, that's your that. normal work. That's your yeah. normal work day, bro. Honestly, Damn. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, even even my it. girlfriend, like when she was working in Makati, her her um her biahe from home to the office was two hours one way so return four hours of her day was about commuting so because she's out in Cavite eh? Cavite yeah correct so bro, um, that's that's far bro Damn. it is pretty far though and then when you take into account all the traffic and stuff it's yeah like, ah, it's ridiculous so you, you got to respect people that just just do it and this they're just and it's like normal it. for them, eh? It's normal like, for them, yeah. Like for us, it's it? like, oh, why would you do that? Like, what's the waste yeah, of time? It's right? inefficient. <sighs> just get another job close to your house. But for them, it's like, oh, it's just part of like how we live. It's part of life. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a contrast yeah. to what you're experiencing now. I mean, you, you Google a train schedule and yeah. if it says it's getting there at 8.53. Yeah. Or you can get there at 8.52 and not, yeah. not have to worry about it, you know? Nah, it's, it's crazy. Like, even um, before this, when I was having my dinner and then I was... Because I'm in a hotel at the moment. Um, there's, like, a train at, like... I think it was, like, 12.02. And mm. then I just had to walk and it was... It came at 12.02 and I arrived, like, 12, what, 26 or something, like, exact minute. Mm. So that's the type of, like, convenience um, that they have over here. It's just, It's ridiculous, to be honest, how much, like how meticulous they can be with that kind of stuff. And it's not just like trains, it's just everything like, even if you go to McDonald's or you go to like um, the convenience stores, that kind of like quality and that standard that they that they show, they just really care about their job. It's kind of like everyone's kind of like a salary man for their own profession type of thing. They just want to be loyal. They want to deliver the highest quality. So it's, it's kind of nice to kind of see that um, and experience that living here as well. Because sometimes you don't see that in some other countries you just see people doing like 
I guess like half ass jobs and, and just mm. doing this sort of bare minimum to get paid or whatever. But over here, it's just they take pride in what they do, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If it's cleaning the garbage out or being a train conductor or being a salary man or serving you some good ramen, um, they just take pride, pride in it. So it's something that I've sort of learned as well. Um, just to, I guess it's something that my parents told me too. Just like just do the maximum, whatever mm-hmm. task you do, just make sure you do it properly. And I think that's like what that sort of um, representation of like Tokyo for me. Just do they just do things properly? Like Indian food here is mean, Chinese food here is mean. They just do everything like real good. So it's just like, do everything mean, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's something that the West could definitely learn from, me. Eh? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I'll try and bring it back. <laughs> so this is your last week in Tokyo, bro. Your your parents must be pretty stoked that you'll be home for Christmas. Uh mum is real excited. Um, yeah. She's obviously the reason oh, that I'm I'm going I back. Go home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I promised her I'd come home in twenty twenty and I guess it's coming to the end and my contract here was only for a year as well originally. Mm, um mm-hmm. so I guess it was kind of just the perfect timing for me to to come home. I would love to have extended and I, I guess not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think I did enough um, here to, I guess, establish a bit of reputation and, and enough to sort of warrant support to extend my secondment. But at the end of the day, I, I did promise her that I'd come back, and I, I do mm-hmm. miss I do miss home a lot. And um, but it's weird though, like you you, I guess you can kind of relate as well. You, you for me when I when I left last year, I remember. I think I left at the I think end of September. I think it might have been a couple weeks before you left for um, for Manila. And I remember like my 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 last couple of days at home. I was just so it was so tough because like I remember we went to our favorite restaurants. I was like, damn, like this is the last time I'm going to have this meal for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleeping in my own bed, mm. um, saying goodnight to your parents for the last time. All those type of emotions just came out. And then um, you wake up the next day. It's your flight. And you, um, you put your luggage into the car and then you, you take that journey from uh, home to Auckland Airport and you just, it's like so like solemn and silent and you check in your bag and then you, you, you get that typical Maccas at the airport before you fly. Oh, bro. <laughs> it'd be and rude then, uh, not to, man. <laughs> it'd be rude not to, exactly. Yeah, you got to get that fish filet. Um, and then, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mum likes the frozen Coke too. But <laughs> and then, uh, um, yeah. after that, you go to the departure gate and... Um, that's that was probably it. like the toughest moment of my life, honestly. Like to say, I don't know how you felt about it when you did it for yourself, but when I had to say goodbye to them that time last year at the airport, that was probably the toughest thing I've had to do in my life. There was like so many emotions going through me. Like, should I be doing this? I was like regretting my decision. I was like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like, I, I should just stay mm. in NZ. Everything's perfect. I have a job. I'm staying at home. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I remember mum just cried her balls out. Like she, I never seen her cry like that before. She said, ah, you're going to be waiting so long. <laughs> I just started crying. And then even AJ, I never seen him cry. We hugged for like straight two minutes straight, just mm. crying. And dad kept it in as well. And he was pretty strong. But um, I remember that just emotion of having to say goodbye. That was like the toughest, toughest thing I've ever had to do. Like I've been like, what? I shouldn't be saying that, but I was like circumcised when I was 12. That was pretty painful. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was, that was so painful. 
<laughs> I don't know about the other oh, boys. Like, I'm sure the other boys get it when they're born, but um. Oh, bro. When you get it when you're 12. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to uh, Doc Oliver Salmon as well for that. Gee, he did um, me as well, G. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's done all the boys, eh? Like, all... <laughs> bro, for sure, bro. <laughs> But that that was painful, like physically. <laughs> but um, having to say goodbye to them at the airport, mm. that was like the most painful thing. But I guess where I'm going with this is having to say goodbye to Tokyo after, one year later. I think it'll be just as tough as I was mm. as saying goodbye to my family um, last year. Like I've I really established like some good friendships and relationships here. I've I've made a home here, and obviously I, I enjoy what mm. I do. Like working has been great. Um, being able to vintage shop and explore Tokyo and Japan has been great. So it's it's fifty fifty. Like I'm excited to yeah. go home. Yeah, I, I'm for not sure. excited to, for that uh, Corona test though. But oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that swab, <laughs> that swab. But I'm I'm really sad to kind of leave this all behind. I really wish no, it you'll be, be back longer. for sure. I think I will be back for sure. I think it's it's a place where like I like to call it my um, my promised land over here like, oh yeah <laughs> i think everyone has their own like dream destination dream job um dream place whether it could be in auckland or outside of auckland or whatever like you want to do something like you dream about it you're, you're passionate about it and like i i did whatever it took to get to this place and for me to be able to say that i lived my dream out for 12 to 13 months at being 27 26 years old it's like the ultimate. Bro, that's prices, bro. It's prices. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't want to be a whatever, but like I don't know many people that can say that they've lived their dreams in that way. Um, I guess the scary thing for me now is, what's my next like dream? I've I've mm. already lived one of them out. Like I gotta challenge myself and kind of find that next stage. And maybe that could be the, the store or the ramen shop or. Why not, bro? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, we'll see. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Have you taken any steps towards that or that's sort um, of still not um, this stage. a bit I too think, far off? I think it's far off. I was really like, I was so busy when I was like my last couple months at work. There was always one project, one deal. It was like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. finishes for a couple consecutive weeks. It was just so draining. Um, it was like, I was like, I, I really can't wait to go home. <laughs> um, but no, I haven't made any steps yet, but I think... It's one of the goals, I guess, in between now and I guess Christmas time is something I want to kind of focus on and, and maybe meet with different people, meet with different mm-hmm. like suppliers or like t-shirt providers or clothing designers or providers and, and kind of set that up. Um, and I guess I got a stockpile of clothes with me that I'm going to bring um, back home that I'm going to maybe try and sell um, as well. So we'll see. I mean, it's... I don't know. I think the New Zealand market's pretty okay at the moment. Maybe a little bit saturated with kind of vintage stuff, but I kind of want to bring a different, I guess that sort of Japanese workwear, vintage kind of flair um, to what's already being sold um, back home. But um, we'll see. It's exciting, but kind of scary to just, you kind of, like for me personally, this has been a perfect situation. I can't complain. I can't say anything negative about my current situation. It's been perfect. Um, but then I have to sort of leave that all behind and then go back home. That's kind of like the the excitement factor, but kind of scary as well. How is it going to be? Is it going to be better or worse? Um, but it's exciting. And 
that's kind of why I want to go home as well, is to kind of see what life was like after 12 months. I'm excited months of, for you, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see my parents, but at the same time, I'll definitely miss this lifestyle of being in my dream city, uh, achieving my dream of living here. I mean, I, I'm sure you can say the same about so your steps to get to where you want to be as well. There's that certain, I don't know, feeling of uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be here, this is where I need to be kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's man. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that, bro. Yeah. Um, especially what you were saying earlier about um the whole lead up to the airport and saying bye to mum, dad yeah. and and your brother. Yeah. Um I did, I did I, far out. I, I, I did a lot of the same things that, that you did, bro. Going to um you know, the yeah. last time you go to a certain restaurant. Yeah. Um I said bye to a lot of um a lot of people who were who were important to me, sort of just had that last sort of catch up and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, saw a couple of faces that, you know, you hadn't seen in a couple of years, that I hadn't seen in a couple of years and that was very special as well. Um, but yeah, man, the hardest people to say goodbye to were like mom, dad and Jihan, bro. Jihan, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it's, it's, I don't know, bro, it's tough because like when I left last year, mentally I was prepared for them to be here for Christmas this year mm. for 2020 oh, that was the plan that was the plan bro that mm. was that was the plan because um, one of yeah. our family friends is getting married um so they'd be coming for that yeah but, um so i was I, I i had already mentally prepared myself to to be here for christmas yeah and because of that i wasn't so bothered to get back to new zealand for this festive season yeah but um with each day that that goes by, I mean, my tree's already up, and when I put it up, um, you know, I just sat back and looked at it. I was thinking about my parents because we'd always put that up together. Yeah. Um, as each day passes by, I, I keep thinking, shit, should I have, should I have gone home? Like, should yeah, I go yeah, home? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, bro. Like, like I said, I was, I was meant, like, I had already mentally, um extinguished that idea of, of of going back for 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 christmas new year and and my birthday because my birthday is like pretty much a week after new year's yeah, yeah that's right um but i don't know man like i really don't know there's a lot of um there's a lot of confusion in manila at the moment right um in terms of when things might be reopening when work might restart, when my application for flight school might restart, bro, because, like, you know, I, I still don't know, like, where that's at, man. Like, Everything is on hold. On hold. Yeah, it's on yeah. hold, bro. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, just set a mask just waiting. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's, there's a part of me um, that didn't want to go back. The reason being is because like it's it's New Zealand's a freaking good place to like be and I know that like if I like knowing me if I if I if I would have gone back you would have stayed I would have got resettled in yeah I would have got resettled in again um you know work for the bank again and you know just get used to being in my own little uh my own little my own little bubble and I don't know bro it's it's was very tempting to like you know just give up and 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 enter back into that but um yeah. i don't know bro like i'm just so torn bro 
Just so nah. torn, man. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Frick. But that, that's, yeah. The that's the whole... whole that's the whole that's aim the of the game, game bro. Like, is like, to keep, to keep, to keep, keep at, it, at it, keep going, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. psh, like, I don't want to. I don't want to go back like empty-handed. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think um, you had you had that aspiration of doing what you wanted to do. You started that journey last year, and you might as well keep going at it. Um, there's nothing to lose today. as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Except there's always a few safety. years. Yeah, there's always that safety. You could just go back home and, and resume your old life as well. But mm. at least you can say you tried. And I'm sure it'll mm. work out as well once things get back to normal. Um, Hopefully, bro. I, I mean, you like know, a, like, it's, yeah. I'm still hopeful, man. Like, yeah. you and I both, we've always been sort of like positive dudes. I mean, of course, you get that sh- those shit days where you, you think the world's against you and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, I don't know, like, I think we sort of default back to, back to happy, I guess. I don't know. Is yeah. that, is that a fair enough assessment on, on you? <laughs> I would say so. I think um, yeah. I always try to look at things from that sort of positive um, glass half full yeah, bro. Um, perspective. Yeah. I think yeah. um, there's something that definitely my, my parents sort of try to instill in me, particularly my, mm. particularly dad, um, just trying to think positively regardless of the situation and I guess like, Turning any negatives that you have into a into a positive um, sort of mindset, um, even when things are against you, or even things like yeah, having a shitty day, or like oh man, like nothing's going my way. I just want to sit in the corner and just cry and something like that. Straight um, up, <laughs> <laughs> which I've had, and I'm sure we've all had. Um, but I guess those are always sort of the opportunities to to kind of reflect on that and say, hey, I could use that as a motivating sort of factor to do something more positive and, and use that as yeah. like fuel or yeah. fire to to keep at it um but there are definitely days where i'm like oh what's what's god got against me today like what did i do today to, <laughs> to deserve that but I'm, i always try to i mean i think you, you as well just try to stick with that mindset of just being just being chill being positive and i think making the most of whatever situation that we we're in I think that's why we're both in the situations that we're in right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be, you wouldn't be in Manila chasing your dream. I wouldn't be in Tokyo trying to be a wannabe gaijin salaryman <laughs> if it wasn't for that mindset. Because um, I know for me, like before I came to Tokyo, I was pretty, like I'm not a psychologist or a doctor, but I wasn't that, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I'm dep- I was depressed, but I wasn't sort of happy with what I was doing with my lifestyle. Um, even though I had a decent job and I was living at home, eating the meanest adobo and karekare and machado and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, there's something about the way I was living that I wasn't, I guess, satisfied and fulfilled. And I remember one time my dad, uh, I think it was like 2018 or something, and they were watching, um, I think it was like the first Bledisloe game with uh, ABZ versus the Wallabies. Mm-hmm. Mum was upstairs watching YouTube and Facebooking your friends. And AJ was out as usual clubbing and, meaning girls um mad dog <laughs> <laughs> and it was just me and dad um downstairs watching rugby and he was like he always like has a, his peanuts and his sardines and his whiskey and stuff and i think it was like half time and he was just talking about work and stuff and he, to, he was like straight up to me he was like you know you're 25 26 years old and um to be perfectly honest you know you haven't done much with your life 
Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. It was, she was just straight up. It's like you, you know, I'm proud of you. you. You got a good job, but all you do is like, all you do is work, 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 and you don't really go out much. You don't meet new people. And in the back of my mind, like, why are you talking about this? You know, uh, Dan Carter just uh, converted. A, I mean, Bowden Barrett just uh, had a mean try. You know, you're talking about this type of, <laughs> type of stuff. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, he's he's right. Um, I wasn't sort of doing. I wasn't enjoying my life. I was just really dedicated to work, and that was all I was doing. Um, and I guess that's kind of what that the tr- that was kind of like the trigger point. I was like, man, I got to do something else. And that's kind of when I got more serious about trying to get to, to Tokyo and trying to sort, sort that stuff out. So, um, I don't know, man. It was just, it's one of those things where you, I think your parents just know best. And they just, mm. it was nice that he was kind of straight up about it. I don't think he meant it in a bad way, but. No, of course think, not, bro. That fully would yeah. have come from a place of love. Yeah, for sure. And I think he just, he just saw that I wasn't really in a happy place, even though I was working and obviously established and, having my own career he was like this dude is not enjoying life and i guess it was kind maybe of like he a just wanted up. to kick you out of his house bro and that as well yeah i probably wasn't paying enough <laughs> rent out i was just paying for rice and the, the pack and save grocery uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no that was kind of like the the trigger point and i guess because of that and and just a combination of not sort of being satisfied with life i still try to maintain that positive mindset and then obviously i was able to get to the promised land. So mm-hmm. there's always going to be those negative, I guess, situations and, and moments in your life. But as long as you have that, that mindset, I guess, even just really good support systems like parents and friends that straight up tell you what you need to be told, um, I guess it will work out kind of thing. Sometimes the, you just the, need yeah. to kick up the asshole. Though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, even if he didn't say that, I think I would have still done what I've done. But it's kind of nice to hear that from someone that you like look up to and, and it's mm. kind of like your... And whose opinion you very, very... That you value. And... Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you always listen to your parents, right? And, and particularly with your dad, you know, he's always... Our dads are always like the wisest dudes. They've gone through it all. So, mm. yeah, especially knowing your dad as well. He's one of the wisest dudes I know. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the type of stuff you need, um, for sure. Yeah. I reckon it's also pretty gangster, bro. That um, you know, our dads—they're they're boys as well, bro. Like they go oh, I, way back. They yeah, go yeah, way I, back. I was gonna say, like, um, I think out of everyone I know in my life, I'd say you're like the old. Like, not in terms of age, you're not the oldest, but like in terms of someone I know. Yeah, you're probably the, the oldest the friend same, I have. Because like, well, our parents have known each other before we were born. I always like to say that they're was like that the, that long ago. Probably, maybe. I'd like to say they're the OGs of the, you know, the Auckland, Auckland? Filipino community. Yeah. Um, but what, late late eighties, early nineties? Um, yeah, bro. Yeah. They would have. Yeah, they they would have known each other before before you were born, eh? I think so. Yeah, like all those. Um, I forgot the names, but like all the Meadowbank people and uh, St. Yeah. John's and all that. Yeah, all that, all yeah. their crew. I think a East lot of them are. In, crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Eastside crew. I think a lot of them are like in Aussie now and like in Canada yeah. and stuff. But um, yeah. Because you guys were like Central West, eh? Yeah, it was Central West, but um, I think... R- Ross School, in, Mount Albert area? Where, yeah, yeah, at the moment, I'm in uh, yeah. Linfield, uh, like oh, Ross yeah. School, like Blockhouse yeah. Bay. But um, before, back in the day, I'm pretty sure all the all the crew were like in um, like St. Luke's and uh, yeah. St. John's and Meadowbank yeah. and stuff. 
But the yeah, whole no, Sandringham Morningside so area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> All sharing the same room, sharing the same yeah, uh, bro, crappy yeah. car and stuff like that. Oh, mate. Yeah. No, nah, it's, it's cool how, I don't know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, even though, like, I guess we used to grow up together and maybe, maybe like high school and after that, we kind of, I wouldn't say drifted apart. We didn't see each other as much as we used to. Maybe because uh, I guess parents had different um, different groups of friends that just mm-hmm. went to, and I guess we had different high schools and stuff. But I always felt that we still had had that that bond, regardless of we we didn't see each other. We could still talk any time, and I kind of feel the same with our parents have that sort of same and special bond mm-hmm. um, as well. Even though they don't see each other for like five years or ten years, they still have that sort of bond and those memories they had back in the nineties and stuff. And even now, they can just get together and talking yeah yeah reminisce yeah exactly bonds so, um, forged by time bro yeah no it's it's, it's special um gee you know you know i just had a thought yeah but <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean i don't have any kids yet right but imagine if like we had kids bro and then like i don't know bro, kind of like, our, boy, <laughs> our boys become boys bro like that'd be pretty gangster <laughs> That'd be nice, yeah. And then they all go to the daughters or whoever, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen. Um, For Mm. sure. I think that's the type of relationship we have uh, between our families, like our parents, us, Mm. Jihan, AJ, Mm. everyone. Um, I don't know. It's something like I cherish as well, like being able to say that I have people like you and stuff. And even to say that we had this sort of similar experience at the same time, like last year. Mm. Um, going mm. overseas and, and, and doing our thing. Um, there's always something that I always think about as well um, in terms of like someone that I can kind of relate to. Yeah, um, bro. And sort of understand. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you know this, but I was supposed to meet your meet your parents when they were over here, but that was like yeah. right right at yeah. the beginning of, of, yeah, yeah, of I remember, COVID. I think, this was like the week of lockdown. We, we were yeah, supposed to, to meet was, up. Yeah, so they... Yes, I think because you and yeah. AJ did you and AJ overlap? No, nah, no, nah. nah, we didn't. So I think I was there like third week of February, and then um, yeah. AJ was there. I think after uh, maybe a, a fortnight week or, afterwards. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And I think he met up yeah. with you and, and stuff. But um, yeah, bro, we we got pretty litty. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I remember. I think you sent me a photo of that. Um, yeah, so we probation, were. Eh? Yeah, yeah probation. <laughs> we were up there as well. Oh, yeah. What was the name of the place? But we we're at that rooftop wine bar. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. um, it was raining, bro. They they didn't have any like shelters or anything. Yeah. So um, there's this um one. So there's the stairwell to get to the rooftop. And, um, the structure of the stairwell, like at the on the rooftop, there's like a a babong, you know, like a roof. Babong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were like huddled up right against the wall. Yeah. With the with the roof like only half a meter like covering us. So like we were like this part of the shoulder was like getting wet and, and all that. There's rainwater on the table, but um Yeah. Yeah, bro, we had a pretty um pretty long conversation, bro. Like we had a good old heart to heart, man. That was good. Um, I was I was happy that you guys met up, honestly. Yeah, I was Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah. Um no, it was it was good to catch up with him. He told me a little bit about his um his plans as well and his intentions to 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 do what he I don't want to put him on blast or anything, yeah, but yeah, to do what he wants to do over over here and, yeah, and all that sure, sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah, 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 and I was like, bro, just freaking do it, man! Like, what's stopping you? Next minute, <laughs> this whole 
COVID shit, man. Nah, <laughs> that was that was lame. I remember. Um, I think they were supposed to stay in the Philippines for another week. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah, they're supposed to see mom, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because your mom was supposed to have her like yeah, college she, reunion um, or whatever, eh? Nah, it was crazy. Like they're supposed to have. I think it was what. 35th year college reunion yeah that's right um, everyone came like, from the states from NZ from yeah. Aussie Canada Europe whatever all over and then um, I think it was on a Friday and then I think it was the Thursday of that week they cancelled it <laughs> mm, mm, and it was like oh mm. crap but I think they still held some event and I think after that they were supposed to go to um, dad's hometown in, in Quezon uh, yep. Lucena they were supposed to drive like 5 hours or whatever Quezon province then, uh, eh? yeah Quezon province yeah the hood yeah. um <laughs> And then um, I think they had that announcement about the, I think if you enter like and all that. Metro Manila, you can't go back in or whatever like that. Um, so they had to make a choice as, oh, do we stay in the Philippines and, or do we go straight to Japan and see me? And they ended up like rebooking their flights and having to see me like a couple of days earlier, which mm-hmm. was good for me. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of gutting that they couldn't you know, see you and, and go to dad's hometown and, and meet the missus as well. I think they were planning mm. to do that um, too. Oh, have, they, they came, have they not yet met her? They met her once, like I think 2016, but um, oh, they yeah. were planning to see her again um, and yeah. then when they were over there, which would have been mean. Um, yeah, but yeah. This didn't work out. And then they came to see me, which was awesome. I think they stayed for like 10 days and they're supposed mm. to stay for, I think, overall two weeks. And uh, But I think because they're flying home with Qantas, um, that's when the Australian government kind of shut everything down. So they so got I caught? Think, yeah, so Qantas pretty much cancelled oh, the flight. And then um, oh, mom was bro. like, oh, shit. You know, yeah, yeah. And then um, she was all panicking and stuff. And then dad had to rebook through um, through ERNZ yeah. uh, for a direct flight. So they would avoid going to Aussie and just going straight yeah. to, to the to the 09. Um, so that was kind of lame because I guess their trip to Philippines was cut short. Mm. Um, the trip to Japan was early, but then it was cut short in the end because of, because of the flight having to be uh, canceled and rebooked. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy how that kind of stuff just just happens, you know. I, I, we never would have expected it, you know. Yes. Nah, Up until weird. now, like, well, I would have thought it would been over by now. And then oh, I think everyone. November 2020, <laughs> still the same. I mean, I guess back home it's okay, but I guess for us, it's still, like, there's still cases here, there's still cases over there. And it's just... It's great. Because <laughs> hundred percent, bro. If there were any, if there weren't any, like, um, what do you call it? Yeah. Travel restrictions or anything like that. Like, I would have gone home and you know just spent a bit of time over there for a bit of a break. Yeah. Because um. Because yeah. I don't know. Like, can't be away from mum for that long, man. Yeah, like, true, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dad or Jihan, bro. Like, yeah. Damn, bro. Well, for you, it's Damn. been like legit twelve months, eh? Cause you, yeah, you, bro. You didn't go back for this Christmas month, and stuff, yeah. This month would be third month number thirteen. Yeah. Um. Like I could go back for Christmas, bro. Like I could. I'm yeah. still considering it, man. But um. It'll be tough, I guess. Would it be tough to get back into Manila though? Or? Nah. Nah, it'll um, be okay. Yeah, you'd have to quarantine, I guess. But I would. Yeah. I'd be allowed back here because um. Because of dual citizenship and all that, Ooh. like I'd be, I th- like on paper, like yeah. technically, right? I should be allowed back and forth, but um, for sure, yeah. Is that is that a sensible thing to be doing? I don't think so. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, for me, bro, like money doesn't grow in trees, man. I can't afford that. I know, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think prices are definitely like inflated because of that as well. 
Um, Could chuck it on the old um, Visa Platinum, but <laughs> no, I don't want to do that, bro. Yeah, nah, I know. I don't know. It must be tough because, like, even for me, I guess I was lucky enough to go back home for Christmas, and obviously they were here like in in March as well. So I was able to see mm. them, I guess, within twelve months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I'm seeing them soon as well. But now, nah, for you, like more than a year, that must be. Oh, it's tough, definitely man. like a yeah, a tough thing to to think about. Yeah, our family group yeah. chat's always popping off. Um, yeah. yeah. Mum sends random pictures of, you know, dad doing housework and, and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I missed him a lot, bro. Uh, I feel you, I feel you. I, feel you. I, I, I felt emotional watching the, the podcast with Tito Ronnie, man. Yeah. Oh, bro, like, I really was, relate to that it. That was a good one, man. As well, nah, that was, that was one of the best. That was one of the best. But nah, it's, it's tough being away from home, mate. Like, honestly, oh, I, I, I enjoy the <laughs> I enjoy the independence that I've had here and, and being able to say that I pay my own rent and I live by myself. I do the washing and, and ironing mm. and mm. I have my own sort of place um, and, and sort of establishing that real kind of adult life that I think a lot of Kiwi Caucasian guys can say they've done straight away. But I guess for us... Since they were like 17, 18. Yeah, yeah like they got kicked out of home straight away after high school. But for us, you know, we've, I've been, we've always lived at home and I guess we've been really close with our parents and, and siblings and stuff. And this is kind of like our first time being away from them for like an extended period. Um, so it's kind of like you, you, you grow and you, you become independent. But at the same time, like, oh, man, I, I miss just the simple things, the small things like saying good night um watching mum cook in the kitchen um mm. saying what's up when i get home from work and giving her a hug or talking to dad on the bus like because we used to sometimes catch the same bus going home when we finished that's the same right time. yeah because we your dad used to work downtown eh? he's still in the cbd and aj's in the yeah. cbd now as well yeah. so we used to sometimes when i finished early and he finished at sort of the same time we could catch the bus and just catch up even in the mornings, like if we woke up at the same time, we could catch the bus. So those are like the small things that I, I do miss a lot. Um, Am I having a bit of a Mandela effect? Did I ever see you two guys roaming around downtown, Britomart? You might have, yeah. When maybe when like in your your ten or maybe days. even just him. I feel like it was just him that I. I'm sure I you would have yeah. seen him because his his office, like um, I think it's based at like, downtown. Um, yeah. Sort of area like with the Auckland Transport. Yeah, Westfield Downtown Building was yeah, it? Yeah, he was there. The one... I think he was at the HSBC Building before. Oh yeah, so he would have been yeah. pretty close to like Brutomart and stuff. But I think now he's moved to some other. But yeah, he's he's always been based over there. I'm so pretty I kinda sure understand. I saw him a couple of times. I'm, I'm sure, not I'm making sure. up. I'm sure he's mentioned memory. it as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's mentioned it too. But yeah, no, it's it's so tough um, being away from your family. Eh? Like um, I knew it'd be tough, but when you mm. think about it. It's just, there's those small things that you just take for granted when you're actually with them. And yeah. there's just moments you can just hang out and just talk to them in person. Even mm. though we have technology to like video chat and stuff, it's always different when you can have that oh, sort of physical so. connection. Eh? So, yeah. Toast to the whanau. To the whanau. Let's go. Alban and Valero. <laughs> mm. uh. Bro. Um, yeah. To wrap things up, man, what would you tell... If you could go back in time, man, what would you tell the 15-year-old Miguel Valero? What would I tell him? <clears throat> Don't, I know exactly what I'd tell the 15-year-old Hezron Alban. You know what I'd say? What? Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a dickhead? Don't Why? be a dickhead. That's what I'd tell him, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
Bro, I was a dick back when I was younger, man. That's what I was, bro. <laughs> nah, seriously though, what, what 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 would you say to your younger self, man? What sort of advice would you be uh, giving him? What would I say? Um, it's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I've got to think about it. Um, I would say don't. If there's an opportunity presented in front of you, or if there's something that you want to chase, and there's something you're passionate about, just don't don't hesitate and don't have a second thought about. It. Just go for it, and because you've got nothing to lose. And if you really, mm-hmm. if there's something you're really passionate about, like I was saying earlier on, you just, you, have, you might as well do whatever it takes to to get to that that point. I think when I was really young in high school, I just was so I was shy, I was passive, I. I just let things happen and I didn't sort of take the initiative and be active and be proactive about certain things. And I think that kind mm-hmm. of affected me a lot from maybe a social standpoint as well, not just, and then maybe sort of a career standpoint as well. Um, but then now that I've sort of had that independence and in living in Tokyo and, and taking the opportunity to kind of live my dreams, you know, the consequence of all that kind of proactiveness and taking the initiative and sacrificing your time and your happiness to get to that goal and that passion um you know it, it pays off and you know i've never been this happy in my life of 27 years old i don't think i've been this happy since i was a kid mm-hmm. um in terms of just being in the happy place being in your promised land um being able to say that there's nothing negative you can say about things about work about your friends about whatever your lifestyle um, but all of that was uh, was a result of being proactive, um, really establishing the fact that you have, I wanted to go to Tokyo, I wanted to be in Japan, and I really just stuck with that goal. And you just work your ass off. You set the goal, you work your ass off, you sacrifice a shit ton of stuff to get to that place, and you just you just achieve it. And once you achieve it, you're like, wow, I... I I did that. It's the most. Uh, it's probably been the most gratifying and humbling and inspiring and honestly the best experience of my life being being in Japan. So I tell myself, you know, what 12, 12 years ago to be more proactive and and just if you have a goal, you have a dream, you have a passion, you to passion project. It's about <laughs> you know, chasing that that goal and. Um, I think that's something I definitely, definitely didn't do before. I was just so I was just so passive and, and well, your dad called you out for it. My so. dad called me out for it as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the turning point. But when you when you realize that you have something that you really really want to do, that's when you have to really just put your head down and and and, and go to work. And as you know, you've, you've, you're 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 pretty much there in terms of being in the Philippines in that position. Um, it works out. You know, you just have to stay motivated, stay hungry. And I think the main thing is just working your butt off just to get mm. to that stage. Um, once you do that, it's tiring as hell. Um, you feel like shit some days, but it's been the most sort of rewarding experience to be in Tokyo. I'm sitting right outside Shibuya Station, looking outside my favorite city in the world. Uh, I'm able to say that. I wouldn't have been able to say that this time last year, but now I can, I can say that even though I'm going home in a couple of days, I can say I live, you know, 13 months of my dream life. And, um, you know, for that, I'm always going to be 
grateful and blessed, but at the same time, just happy that I, I stuck with what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted, and I just, I just stuck with it. And I just, we make, we all of us, we all make it happen at some point. Um, it's probably a long answer to what I would say to a 15 year old, <laughs> but I'm just babbling on, right? Who's this old man trying to tell me what to do? But um, nah, 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 yeah. bro. That's um, yeah, that was a pretty solid uh, closing <laughs> gratitude, bro. Uh, May God thanks. be praised, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, um, shit, man. Big up yourself, bro. Congratulations and well done, man. Oh, thank you. Um, Arigato. Arigato. <laughs> How do you say you're welcome in Japanese? <laughs> uh, no idea. No idea. <laughs> Not good enough, yeah. But yeah, bro, I mean, you know, be proud of what you've done. Um, shit. Safe flight home, bro. Um, Thanks, bro. Don't get COVID or anything like that, man. <laughs> um, final cheers, bro. Yeah. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me. And um, even without this podcast, it's just good to catch up in oh, general. Oh, shit, yeah, bro. For sure, for it's real. been so long. So. For real, bro. Joe! <laughs>